When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, entrepreneur Zim Flores talks to me about financial freedom. I'm not exaggerating when I say that Zim has done it all. She cloned a jean when she was 19. She started and sold her award-winning boutique travel company, Travel Noir. In 2020, she owned six businesses and her latest venture, Stepping into Motherhood. Zim is truly living the life that was meant for her. At the heart of it all, Zim's truest mission continues to be to create inclusive spaces in business, travel, and beyond. She started Travel Noir to inspire Black people to be explorers, not just travelers. And as an entrepreneur, Zim feels compelled to help others reach their fullest financial potential. But what really impresses me, but let's be real, everything Zim does blows my mind, is the way Zim transitions through each season of her life with obedience and grace. It's so inspiring. Traveling and working around the world taught her what is truly important, her freedom. There are some folks that may be financially free or close to financially free, but you couldn't tell because they work all the time. It's like, what are you, what are you working for? Are you working to have a full calendar? I'm not working to have a full calendar, right? Like, I like my calendar free. She has no doubt faced some really hard decisions as a niche business owner. Sometimes when you don't know which road to take, you can feel so lost that you lose sight of your goals. But if we can remember to be truly obedient and trust God's promise, we can all secure our legacies. No matter what, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, if it's something that God has told me to do at the end of that thing, it's always better than what I had. I remember being on an interview and there was a, a pastor, a minister. He said, you know, you gave up a business and God gave you an empire. And in our Sankofa moment, the person from the Bible that inspired Zim to be financially savvy. They use their money to support other people. But they were like, oh, I got this big old mansion. Y'all can have church here. Or, oh, you know, I'm going to help secure, which is, the word means um, rescue, like run to rescue. 
um, these particular people. There's a lot of people in scripture that had a lot of money that did a lot of good with them. Hi, Zim. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Oh my gosh. So we're total Insta friends. And yes, I just think you are just, every time you post something, I'm like, what? She climbed to the top, the top of Mount Everest too. Like, how does she? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, truly, Zim. I'm like, how? She has four million businesses. I didn't know that somebody could do that. That's insane. <laughs> it's a little bit of a balancing act, managing all these different businesses and doing all of these different things. But it it it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's. I just want you to know, uh, it's inspiring. Like, I think that what I love about you and your family and your brand is that it's all about living the best life possible. And not only the best life, but the life that's for you. The life that we were all sent here to live. I feel like you truly do that by example. And... I'm just deeply inspired by you. I really, really am. So I'm so excited to have you on the pod, my friend. Likewise, likewise. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own... ...trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own... ...leave the kids with grandma. ...trip to Texas. So go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Yay. Okay, so before we like get into it, get into it, I want to do some icebreaker questions. Cool. Are you ready? Let's do it. Of course. Do you look at life as an adventure? I think that I look at life as something that is purposed, right? Like Mm -hmm. my faith plays a very, very big role in how I see the world. And I go wherever God tells me to go. And if other people look at that and they're like, that's adventurous, then, you know, so be it. But I, I'm like, listen, I know wherever I go, I'm always found. And so for me, if that means getting on a flight and going to a random place I'd never heard before, I'm going to do it. My knee's going to be shaking. I'm going to be sweating. My palm's going to be sweating, but I'm going to do it. You know? And so I think that for a lot of people, they'll look at my story and they'll say, well, that's adventurous. But then I look at my name. And so my name, Zimuza, my first name, means God show me the way. Mm. And then my middle name, Chisong, means God is with me. And my maiden name, uh, Ugo Chupu, means pride of God. And so when I think about like what's in a name, God show me the way. Everywhere I go, every place that I step, it's ordered. And so it might look disordered to a lot of people, 
but it's in perfect order. And so, you know, if it looks like an adventure to most folks, it probably is. Um, but I'm just, I'm just riding, riding the the sails that God has God has put me on. I want to stay here for a second before we go back yeah. to the beginning. But something I've been talking a lot about on the pod is I'm in a season where God is calling me to be incredibly obedient. And you are someone that. I think I just from when I've heard you talk, the things that I see you do, you have a pretty strong level of obedience. And so I want to know, how did you strengthen your obedience? How did you get to the point where you're able to say, this isn't what I had in mind, uh, but <laughs> I know yeah. this is where you're you're leading me and this is what you're calling me to do. So, woo, okay, I'm 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 ready for the ride. Listen, I remember when I was selling my company, when I was selling Travel Noir, and we had two offers on the table, and I didn't know which offer to choose. And they were both, you know, they, it was a very interesting season of my life because I had no idea what to do. And I spent days in prayer, crying, doing all the things. And every single time, no matter what, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, if it's something that God has told me to do at the end of that thing, it's always better than what I had. I remember being on an interview and there was a a pastor, a minister. He said, you know, you gave up a business and God gave you an empire. And I think about now how many businesses we have and all that we're doing that just came from this one thing. Now, keep in mind, I sold Travel Noir in 2017. Pandemic came in 2020. Can you imagine? We were running 60 trips a year, 60 trips a year across five continents. Can you imagine what would have happened had I been stubborn and been like, you know what? God, I hear you telling me this thing, but I'm going to do me. So, Zim, let's start at the beginning. Yes. What did Minnesota teach you? So, okay. Minnesota, honestly, when I think about my, my childhood and the way that I grew up, so my mom and my father separated early. I think I was one or two. He had brought a gun home on my mom, and my mom was like, what's not going to happen? And so, you know, my mom, my family's from Nigeria. And so my mom and my father immigrated in the 80s. And when that situation happened, my mom waited for my father to go back overseas on a business trip. And she up and left. I took, it was my brother and I, we got on a Greyhound bus, went out to LA where we had one relative. And then we eventually settled back in Minnesota. And I grew up in a small town, Rochester, Minnesota. It's where the Mayo Clinic is. And growing up, we had the freedom to walk along the main road. We could go grocery shopping. We would be all up in Blockbuster. I mean, we had all all the adventures. We would be going to these um, yard sales. I mean, we had a really fun childhood. And I growing up there, a lot of people didn't give me much flack for my name, where I came from. My name is very long. It can be difficult for some folks to pronounce. And so growing up there, people thought that it was much more exotic. Like, 
that's really interesting. Then when I moved to North Carolina, I got picked on. Um, and it was by people who looked like me. What age then did you move to North Carolina? I was eight. So I spent my first eight years, give or take, in Minnesota, and I had the best time. When I think of a great childhood, that was it. My mom is a nurse, so she worked those 12-hour shifts, seven to seven. And um, that meant that my brother and I had to get ourselves ready for school. We watched ourselves. We, you know, we were like little grown adult kids, you know. And so I learned a lot about being independent and exploring when I was younger that translated into my uh, into my childhood. Wow. Wow. So, well, it's funny. You didn't say what I thought you were going to say. So I have a couple of friends, (laughs) Black people. I actually have a considerable amount of Black people I know that are from Minnesota. And I feel like a lot of them kind of talk about it a little bit differently, feeling like Mm. race was more of a part of their childhood. Um, Feeling different was more a part of their childhood. And so I think it's interesting that you didn't necessarily feel that in Minnesota, but when you went to North Carolina more so you felt it. In North Carolina, I think I felt it more because in in North Carolina, I was now in a group of friends that were just all Black versus in Minnesota, I was in a group of folks that were white with like a little sprinkle of salt and pepper. Like, you know, it was just a little bit different. And so in in those in that situation, growing up in in uh, Minnesota, I would have like occasional cases of somebody's mom or dad saying something crazy. But for the most part, my community was also quite Nigerian, which also offered a little bit of a different context. And so, going over to North Carolina, it was just such a different kind of experience because I was like, y'all supposed to be my people. Y'all over here calling me an African booty scratcher. I ain't never heard that Mm. term until I moved to North Carolina. And so I had two very different experiences uh, growing up in that way. What did you want to be when you grew up? So it's funny. I mean, I felt like I wanted to be a million different things. But let me tell you, girls, I'd be an astronaut. Mm. I saw Mae Jemison. When she went to, I think she went to space in 96 or 97, somewhere in like the late 90s. And I saw her, I was in Minnesota at the time, looking at my screen, looking at this this Black lady going into space. And I'm like, that is so cool. I could totally do something like that. So I actually went into STEM. So science, technology, engineering, math. I was a bio major. I am doing absolutely nothing with it. Um, But, you know, it... If you if you grew up in an immigrant family, especially in, in a Nigerian culture, you were either a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or you know, outcast, failure, whatever you want to call it. And so, for my entire life, it was like you're going to do these things. When my mom came into the U.S., when she immigrated here, she was a nurse. For her, medicine was the stepping stone. And, you know, as a parent, you want what's best for your kids. And so she's like, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a nurse. And I'm like, mom, I don't think so. You know, and so I there was this like long journey even to that. So from an astronaut to an anesthesiologist, I was 19 years old when I cloned my first gene, which was a whole So that's what story. I was getting to. 
So you're just cloning jeans at 19, you like know. not even not even legal to drink. Um, God, no. Just got into your adult years and you've cloned a gene. Like how how did you I need to know how did you get there? And also I want to know yeah. what did it feel like? And this is like a re- I don't I don't know if there's a specific feeling you can attach to it, but. What did it feel like after you did something that big? Because it is big. Yeah. And I hope you're able to recognize that. But like, what did the other side of that feel like? So I was a freshman at the time, freshman, sophomore. And I don't, I'm not, not sure if I declared my major or I had just declared my major. And I was looking for something to do, honestly. I walked through the science building. I went to the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Shout out to any Spartans that are listening. Okay. But what I... What I did was I went to the science building and I was like, oh, this is interesting. What kind of research types of things can I get into? And, you know, I'm young. I'm like, I don't really know what this is going to lead to. But I found um, a lab. Dr. Lajeunesse, coolest dude. If he, fa- if he found a cure to cancer, he wouldn't want anybody to know it was him. And so just like a super down to earth guy, I'm like, hey, can I join your lab? I'm a freshman. Yeah, he's working with all these other upper class students. And he's like, sure, let's do it. This is what we're working on. So we were over there crushing fruit flies. We were looking at the muscle. Like we were doing all the things. We were centrifuging these bad boys. And we ended up cloning this this gene. And so when the school found out about it, it was this huge deal. To me, I was like, I was just doing my my job. I was just doing, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just doing what we were supposed to be, you know, supposed to be doing the work that we were supposed to be doing. And so there were a lot of firsts that came from that particular moment in time where it was just me being curious. And so for me, walking into that school and doing that thing was just kind of like, all right, well, God showed me the way. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own... trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma. Trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com/getyourown for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. So that's I mean just incredibly impressive. But what I want to know is like what season of your life followed? Like, how did you get kind of to where you are now, for example, and like what you're doing now? How do you go from being 19, we're cloning jeans, to where you are now? Like, what did that look like? And was there an incredible, or was there a difficult trial in the midst that led to becoming a triumph? So I, so after my time in college, I sold everything that I owned. I moved to India. Um, It was my first time being overseas without my parents. Uh, The first time was Nigeria. And then the second time was moving to India, which was, you know, I'd never tried Indian food before. I was basically thrown into this culture. I learned how to speak, read and write Hindi. And I was working there. I I traveled to 90% of Asia. I did all these things. And I wondered, well, how come people who look like me are often the ones that are traveled to 
but we're not the travelers, right? If you look Ooh. at a magazine, a travel magazine, you're often reading stories about Black people in like living in these different regions and having other people visit them, but not us being the actual travelers exploring different places. And so I sat on this idea. I thought it'd be really interesting to to start something that could tell this kind of narrative, but I didn't do anything with it. I moved um, back to uh, California with my mom because I spent all my money traveling. And my mom was like, so you go to nursing school? You gonna go do this post back? You gonna do this X, Y, and Z? And I was like, you know what, mom, I love you, but I'm not going to do that. And, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I bought a Greyhound ticket to San Francisco. I don't know what I was thinking because San Francisco is expensive. Mm -hmm. But I had a friend that loaned me a couch and was like, hey, you can sleep here. I held down four jobs. Girl, I was selling sunglasses. I was an intern. I was doing all the things. I, I and... too, have worked at Sunglass Hut. I, too, have Listen, worked at Sunglass Hut. <laughs> come on, Luxottica. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we are... <laughs> so, so we're in San Francisco, and I end up landing a, like, foolish time job, which will allow me to not be on a $3 a day budget, choose food or transportation, and be able to like do more. And so that's when I started Travel Noir. I started it from my bedroom and it was born out of this, this idea that, you know, we don't have to travel like Beyonce to travel, right? We don't got to save for 20 years to go on one vacation. We could go on five vacations a year if we want to, you know, mm. and we could get to Europe for $250 round trip if we wanted to. And so that's kind of where it all started. And it ended up evolving into um, this huge company where we were able to run these small group experiences that focused on tension, right? When you think about tension and travel, you think about losing your luggage, you think about um, you know, hiking somewhere, maybe you missed a train, you missed a bus. Those are the things that you remember because you remember what happens after those things. And so we thought to ourselves, well, how do we introduce tension into a travel experience so that somebody who is only coming with us for seven days leaves out of that trip completely transformed? And so it was a way for us to back into the travel experience in a different way that wasn't like, hey guys, we're going to see all of the sites because we didn't see any of them. If you came to Rome with us, you are not going to the Sistine Chapel. You are not going to none of those places. We we're going to take you to grandma's house who's been cooking pasta for the neighborhood for 200 mm -hmm. years. Or, you know, that that's the type of stuff that we were doing. Yes. And there was, there was a tension in that where people were so uncomfortable Right. They were like, you you mean to tell me this woman's family for the past 200 years has been cooking for, you know, whoever the parliament. I mean, I don't even know they have a parliament there, but, they, you know, <laughs> know there are these like, yeah. really interesting experiences. And we were sold out of all of those 60 trips all the time. But it was a true labor of love. And that was one of the things that I loved doing the most within the travel noir kind of ecosystem. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that there was a, a big challenge per se, but I will say that travel noir would not have existed had I not sold everything and moved to India. How do you stay grounded? You know, Zim, you're someone who 
has had multiple businesses, has had multiple careers in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? All you, of them. Yes. Yeah. You know, in the transition from one thing or one, even one place to the other, how do you stay grounded in the unknown? I feel like it's a little bit of a muscle. Um, and I'm, I'm reminded of this concept that I wrote about. So I wrote a book about the whole transition process after selling Travel Noir and all the things that I went through. But there's this concept in this book called Don't Gut the Fish. And it's about the story of Jonah who gets swallowed by this fish. Um, he's in the belly of the fish for three days, uh, three nights, and eventually gets spit up. He was running away from God. God was like, do this. He was like, actually, no. And ends up getting swallowed by this fish. So what I love about this story is that in the belly of this fish, Jonah could have, and I'm sure he had a little pocket knife on him. You know, he had a little machete situation, <laughs> whatever he had, I'm sure he could have cut his way out of that fish. Right. Yeah. He could have been like, you know what, fish RIP. I'm about to just, you know, we about to, I'm about to get out. What he didn't know was what was happening on the outside. That fish could have been 200 mm. feet below sea level. It could have been on the sea floor. Right. And if he cut himself out of that circumstance, out of that situation, he would have drowned. Now, scripture tells us that when Jonah was delivered, when he was spit out of the fish, he was delivered unto dry land. Scripture says he was delivered unto dry land. And so it reminds me that even when we're in the midst of this, this the thing that we're going through, God will always spit us up on dry land. We, we are going to land on our mm. two feet, right? Versus if we try and get out of a situation ourselves, if we abort what it is that we're trying to, what it is that God is trying to build in us, we're only doing ourselves a disservice. We're only, mm -hmm. you know, we're cutting ourselves out in the ninth hour when at 2 a.m. the thing will be over and you'll be on the other side of, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. Mm. And so I'm always reminded that that little, the little situation, I have two options. I can gut the fish, right? And get out of the situation as quickly as possible, but to the shortcoming of whatever growth God is trying to get me to experience, right? Or I can sit in the fish and be developed in that fish waiting for for, for the next season to come. And waiting mm. is active. It's not passive. It's not just sitting there and just twiddling your thumbs. It is an active, it is something that is active. It's expected, right? There's a difference between, you know, just sitting and being idle and, and actively waiting for something. So that's kind of how I see it. Ooh, Jonah and the whale. <laughs> Jonah and the whale. Good old Jonah. Good old Jonah. Good old Jonah. Good old but Jonah. dry <laughs> land. Dry land. I mean, to me, that just translates to like, if Jonah had gone with his plan, the outcome would not have been the same. Jonah would have been out there swimming <laughs> with the sharks. In the like, streets. Can you get me up to the surface? <laughs> Jonah and jo Jonah would have <laughs> Jonah would have been like, oh my goodness. What have I gotten myself into now? <laughs> you know, but he was on, he got spit onto dry land. Wow. Like, yep. you know, it just, God's plan is always better than our own. That's Truly. It. That's it. Well, Zim, listen, I love to travel. My husband and I love to travel. Everybody I know loves to travel. And 
And I'm always trying to figure out more ways or or better ways to travel while being financially conscious. So like, I want to continue to be someone that can go to six different countries in a year and not look at my bank account and and be like, can't do that again for another 15 years. So I want to get into a little bit about, I want to get into finances and financial freedom and travel freedom. So what does financial freedom mean to you? And what does it look like for you? Yeah, so it looks like you having cash flowing assets, things that are paying you, you're not, you know, you may have passive, um, passive income that's paying you. You might have active income that's paying you, but it covers your expenses and then some, right? You don't have to work if you don't feel like it. You can work if you feel like it, but you're not necessarily dependent on it. So that's financial freedom. What I will attach to that too is also time freedom. Right. So a lot of people, there are some folks that may be financially free or close to financially free, but you couldn't tell because they work all the time. It's like, what are you what are you working for? Are you working to have a full calendar? I'm not working Mm. to have a full calendar. Right. Like I like my calendar free. So if you look at my calendar on an average, any given week, I'm pretty my schedule is pretty open. And that's Mm. by design. Travel Noir days, I that calendar was slammed because I thought I was doing something. Now I recognize that the real value is being able to own your time. It's financial freedom, but it's also attached to that time freedom. Mm. So I'll be honest, Zim, you did like a, like a bit of a seminar about your courses and your offerings. And I took it and I was like, this is amazing, where you were just teaching us about like the slate of services that you have to empower us all to live the exact life that you're speaking of. For someone like me who wants to have more time freedom and more financial freedom and more passive income, the idea of owning or buying, let's just say six companies or five companies or whatever that can help me do that seems unrealistic. So I know this is like a much longer, larger conversation, but can you kind of in a succinct way explain to us like how that actually is attainable and how one, like what the first couple of steps are to getting there? One of the things that I like to tell folks to do is to work within their skill set. So say, for example, you are really good at, mm, let's say that you're really good in marketing and you grew up in a, you know, your dad was like, he did like lawns or something for a living. Like what, I'm just giving an example. Mm -hmm. So the business that I would recommend that person look for is a lawn care service business, which is super lucrative. These, everybody's grass grows. Okay. Everybody needs their grass cut, trimmed, whatever. They need all those things. And so let's say you are looking at a business that a baby boomer is about to put up for sale because they're retiring. So they either have to sell the business or they have to shut it down. Those are the two options, right? Baby boomer, you know, is not about to be 96 mowing nobody's lawn, right? He got to give the business up. And so what I would tell that person is I would say, hey, look at that particular business. Let's say this business has a second in command. That second person in command runs the whole show. So you're buying this particular business, you know the industry, right? Lawn care services. 
you have the marketing skills for it. You have a second in command. You buy this particular business, your second in command is the one that's running the ship. All they're doing is saying, hey boss, these are the numbers for the month or these are the numbers for the week or these are the numbers for the quarter. They go up, you don't say nothing. They go down, (laughs) you can have some conversations, Mm -hmm. but don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. I think that people think about it and it does feel very daunting because it's it's a whole business. And if you feel like you have to run the business in addition to everything else, that's where it gets even more daunting. Who wants another job? You're buying these businesses so that you can do less. Mm-hmm. But you can only do less when you have somebody who is also at the helm of the ship. Yeah. And so that's a that's a way to think about it that makes the process much more attainable than oh, I'm about to have to be CEO of six businesses, which for anybody is not, that does not equal time freedom. Mm. Well, I just think it's good for us to know that like, this is even an option. Like like you said, I don't think most people know that you can buy a business and have that as passive income. I literally never thought about it, never knew that until you opened my eyes to it. And it's ever since I've been slightly obsessed with it and figuring out, what, you know, my business, our business as a family will be. And that kind of leads me to, you know, the advice you may have for families looking to build generational wealth, especially for, you know, a lot of people of color and Black folks who most of us don't have that. We, you know, we haven't been able to build it in the way that other people have been able to. And so, Talk to me about how you're building generational wealth for your family and any advice you'd give for others that have that intention. So one word, assets, 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 assets. So when you think about building wealth specifically, you're talking about owning assets. So those assets can be real estate. Those assets could be courses, programs, if you're doing online thing. Those assets can be product-based businesses. So I folk, what I teach is I teach people how to build what I call invisible revenue streams. And so these are streams of income that don't require your personal brand or don't require your face, right? Because I think that a lot of times our faces do a lot. They do a lot on social. In your case, they do a lot on, on the big screen. And so there's, there is a lot to be said about having other things working in the background. And so I like the idea of buying businesses. I like the idea of starting things, middleman businesses, for example. So let's say you have an agency and you are connecting people who want website designs done with folks that you work with in the Philippines or India or you know somewhere in Southeast Asia who actually build these websites. And you're just taking a cut of that. Right. So you're just finding the clients and you're finding the people who will do the work and you're taking a cut of the middle. That's what a lot of these companies are doing anyway. Why not get a piece of the pie? And so for me, businesses and real estate, there's always a place to start learning, but there's never a better time to learn than today. Mm, There's never a better time to learn than today. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really encouraged. Like, I mean, I. You know, I'm thinking about down, down, down the line. So it's like, I got to get these assets. I got to get these businesses. I got to get these multiple streams of passive income. Like, you know, truly, Zim, you've 
you've taught me a lot just in this conversation, but even before this is just why I was so excited to, to chat with you is because I've learned so much from you and about how I, we should all look at finances and our lives and how just, you know, living, like you said, I want time freedom. <laughs> like I want to have time to enjoy my life, my husband, my loved ones, my family. And so that leads me to, you know, you've written an amazing book called Dare to Bloom. Just the word bloom makes me think of motherhood, of mothering, of parenthood in a way. And so I just want to know, what are you most excited for in this new season of your life? There is a lot, I think, to be excited for. There's a lot to be grateful for. And I'm I'm actually, I'm excited about, that's really, that's a, I don't know why that's such a hard question to answer because this is such a new journey for me. Yeah. And I'm taking it one I'm trying to take it one step at a time. It's a big unknown, right? Like it's like getting married. A lot of people think about the wedding when you need to be thinking about the the marriage is the longer part of, of the pie and being pregnant. I'm like thinking about the labor and delivery, but actually raising this child (laughs) is the bigger, is like the bigger thing. And so there's a lot to, to look forward to. And, and Honestly, I don't have very many expectations. I just see it all as one big, brand new adventure. Um, I'm excited to see the world through this little baby's eyes. What has been your takeaway from our conversation? My takeaway from our conversation, um, you're a really great question asker. Oh, <laughs> like you're very, you're like, I'm serious. There's not Thank a lot of you. people that ask really good questions and very thoughtful questions. And I think that this conversation felt less like an interview and more like a conversation between friends, which sometimes a lot of people try and engineer that and it doesn't always land. Right. And so I think it's really important to have people who know how to bring warmth into a conversation. And I appreciate that about you. And I can't wait to meet you. I just adore you. And thank you so much for saying that. And just for seeing me and like seeing my heart. I really appreciate it. I want to say my takeaway is it's the reminder to keep myself surrounded by people who make me want to be better. Mm-hmm. Like you are one of those people. And to remember that those people don't have to be your mama, your daddy, the people you talk to every single day, but God places people in your life to look to for inspiration and for hope and for guidance and for education. And I'm just so grateful that you are one of those people that encompasses that all for me. And I'm just excited to continue, you know, building our relationship. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes. Thank you for saying yes. Yes. Thank you, Ashley, for having me. This has been really special. I appreciate it. After the credits, the biblical figure who inspired Zim to be financially free. 
Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lentigua. This episode was mixed by Kojin Tashiro. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tyndall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. So what person in history do you look up to who embodied your idea of wealth? Ooh, you know what? Abraham. Abraham was wealthy, wealthy. I was just teaching on this. Abraham had eight streams of income. That dude was wealthy, 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 wealthy. So if you go back into the book of Genesis, it talks about what he owned um, or what he had, his different streams of income. Abraham, Solomon, like Job, all these guys, Mm. right? They use their money to support other people. But they were like, oh, I got this big old mansion. Y'all can have church here. Or, oh, Mm. you know, I'm going to help secure, which the word means um, rescue, like run to rescue um, these particular people. There's a lot of people in scripture that had a lot of money that did a lot of good with them. But I would think I would go back to Abraham. He was the first. Come on, Abraham. Yes, Abraham. (laughs) Yes, I needed that. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own. Trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own. Leave the kids with grandma. Trip to Texas. So go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.